A new special counsel is investigating former President Trump, and again, there's a veil of secrecy over the whole thing. Download and subscribe to my daily podcast. Hear me get right into the news of the day. You can subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com slash Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com slash Dana for up to 35% off tart cherry gummies. Buytartcherry.com slash Dana. The question about Twitter, um, you know, there's a researcher at Stanford who says that this is a critical moment, really, in terms of um, ensuring that Twitter does not become a vector for misinformation. I mean, are you concerned about the, you know, Elon Musk says there's more and more uh, subscribers coming online. Are you concerned about that? And what tools do you have? Who is it at the White House that is really keeping track of this? So look, this is something that we're certainly uh, keeping an eye on. And uh, look, um, we, you know, we have always been very clear um, and that uh, when it comes to social media platforms, it is their responsibility. Well, but that's not for the government to make that determination. Remember when all of these, I mean, it's, it was literally these exact same people who went on and on and on about Twitter's a private business. Twitter's a private business, though. You can't make them you know, do anything. It's a private business. They said this over and over and over again. Remember when they, were, when they told people, build your own platform, and then people built their own platform, and I'll be damned, the left went after it. And and tried to get them kicked off of where did they try? I'm trying to remember every everything. And then they went after the um, was it last year or the year before last? I'll, I'll greet everyone in a moment. Was it last year or the year before last when they when they when they went after Amazon Web Services? I think it was Parler when Parler first started. Maybe it was the year before last, and they got them kicked off of Amazon Web Services. Remember that? So what what changed? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is it because they think they can't control speech anymore? Oh, that must be it. That's a big topic today. And uh, we're going to dive into it. Welcome to the program, everyone. Your lovable curmudgeon, somewhat lovable. I'm not really lovable today. I'll be honest. I'm just, it's, it's really aggravating to see all the stuff that we're seeing and Somehow, I, I just, there's no accountability for all of this hypocrisy. So, well, welcome to the show. Make sure you sign up for the newsletter because I have three pieces that I'm working on simultaneously right now. I may just hit, throw them all at you tonight. And if I do, I'm sorry, but they're all well worth reading. Uh, so, welcome once again to the program. Happy Tuesday to you. We're getting started 
and a lot of stuff to cover because there is a legitimate I really feel weird saying this because I don't want to be I don't want to get into hyperbole. You guys know me. You guys have listened to me for a really long time and you know that I'm not one of those, you know, fire and brimstone torch waving, you know, I don't get into try not to be entirely over dramatic about everything. But this is actually a pretty dramatic development, what has been happening with Twitter. And I know that you think, some of you out there think that maybe it is not something that you need to pay attention to because you're not on Twitter and you don't pay attention to Twitter. And, you know, that's just not something. But that's just one part of it. It's, it extends beyond that. I mean, it's everywhere. It extends. To, it, it, this is a speech issue. And if it can happen with Twitter, it can happen with absolutely everything, which is kind of the point that we're making here. And I want you to also realize, we, I think the left has come so far. And one of the reasons I've always advocated for a healthy opposition is because I don't want an unhealthy opposition to make the people that I caucus with, for the lack of a better way to put it, unhealthy. Does that make sense? Like, I don't want, I don't want to have to deal with unreasonable people because we're dealing with unreasonable people. And so this is where we find ourselves. So just think about this. Just think about fa- how far the left has gone just in the past. I was looking at the timeline about this uh, last night. Maybe in the past 18 months. So Elon Musk went from, oh, he's like Howard Hughes. Oh, he's, he's you know, so many, all these awesome things. Because of Tesla, he went from that to, oh my gosh, he is a Nazi. And you would see, I'm not going to play it all for you. And I didn't even bother sending it all to Kane and Steve and Juan for them to all get because there's so much of it. Cable news is just littered with ridiculousness from people who are freaking out over him simply taking over Twitter. But here's where the big changes come in. We're going to talk, I have, I have this divided up, I have two sections, and one of the sections has two subsections. So I have Musk versus the world, and versus Democrats, and versus Apple. Then we have to have a special separate conversation about Apple and China. Now, why am I bringing Apple into this? Because Apple is apparently saber-rattling about pulling not just ads from Twitter, but there's also discussion about Twitter being entirely deplatformed from the App Store which is pretty crazy. And that is, that's insane. We're at a crazy point right now. Now, also what we're going to get into today, because I think this is a major free speech issue. And I think that this is, it's coming down push to shove here. So, you know, rhetorically, I don't know, maybe with the left, they think it's actually legit. But We're going to get into the battle over free speech, but also some of the latest that we're seeing with Democrats. So the railroad, the whole railroad strike, Biden has apparently kicked that ball over to Congress and he he passed the buck. I mean, Congress should be dealing with it. But one of the reasons that he passed the buck is because he doesn't want to get hard with the unions. And I'm going to tell you something now. I'm going to I'm going to say this because every now and then I get hate mail. Let me tell you guys something. If you want to listen to some you know, pansy butt kissing, I'm going to sit here and blow smoke up your butts, then, you know, maybe people should go back to old elderly, 
you know, advanced age, 90-year-old super boomer radio, because that's not what we do. Um, every, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that the problem isn't with some of these union bosses. I'm not going to have this conversation. I'm not going to have a conversation about the difference between public and private sector unions. There are some people who are so, and I have some people in my own family. I come from a union family, so I ain't even going to pay the penance. I'm not going to pay the modern day indulgence of having to cook to, to preface every damn thing I say by blowing smoke or compliments on something. I'm not doing it. Every, there's a difference between public and private sector. And one of the problems with this is that Democrats can't deal with these union bosses because they have been, they've been allowed to, it's been quid pro quo for so long. You, they were not going to allow anything to come down before, before the election, before it could hurt their chances for their guys and, and, and their men and women in office. Then we're going to do that. So now afterwards, it's totally fine. We're going into the holiday season, and now we were told that this was all solved. Clearly, it's not solved, and so now this is what we're dealing with. Now, the agreement that Biden had helped organize, it just totally fell apart. It was between rail owners, Biden's union allies, and now it's going and now it's just it's falling apart and he's kicking it over uh, for to Congress. Now, preparations have already begun for the strike. I was reading this piece that was coming from CNBC, tech companies that supply those critical semiconductor chips to the economy. They've started shifting all their cargo shipments from railroads to trucks. Uh, All of the moves are being made. This is from DHL. DHL told CNBC this in an on-record statement. They said they're trying to avoid any pre-strike rail prep that would force freight rail companies to prioritize cargo. So the the tech cargo being sent to trucks includes semiconductor chips critical to, you know, a million different things. Uh, They said the DHL is going to try to move it around hubs that are going to have some cargo jams like Dallas, for instance, where we are. They said delays incurred by a rail strike is going to add delay charges that shippers pay the railroads on late cargo. It's going to be crazy. You have to think about all this other stuff that has to do with uh, the issue of of rail. Uh, you have the batteries, you have fertilizers, you have drinking water. I mean, there's there's all kinds of stuff that that's all that's all shipped on this. Uh, you, I mean, what is it? The the circuitry fertilizers i mean because it's then it, it poses an agricultural issue as well um there are a lot of things that are that are affected by this and so there were there was a letter that was sent to biden 322 business groups from all kinds of industries they were telling him yeah you need to make sure that these deals that you brokered get approved all 12 all 12 rail unions have to approve these agreements to prevent the strike from happening and so they just they couldn't get their story straight over the involvement in it anyway that's that's the other thing. Um, there was a, a a couple of different pieces talking about the different statements that the White House was making as it relates to who, how involved Biden actually was in all of this. And so this, I mean, this is there are so many things that are going to be hit by that. Look, Nissan, and this is hang on, this is from this is from because there's a couple of things here. Nissan had a, uh, had made a statement. This is from Reuters. They're trimming production at the U- at a U.S. plant over a ship shortage. Chip shortage. So if you take all of this other stuff dealing with that has to do with supply chain issues, and then you combine this with the a potential rail strike, holy cow! We're looking at some Atlas Shrug stuff here. It really is. They're trimming their production. Nissan said it. It's Canton, Mississippi assembly plant. Man. But that's, this is, it's just, it's, this is crazy. So you have people who are broke. Nissan said their sales were down 31% through September 30th. I don't know how much 
you know, how much loss that, I mean, that's quite a bit. Uh, so if you are losing sales because everyone's broke, you have a supply chain problem, now you have a potential rail strike to add to it? Man alive. Finally, by the way, uh, Mayor Secretary Buttigieg had tweeted about the rail strike, saying something about blah, 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 yeah, Biden, Congress, blah, blah, blah. So he did finally remember, Kane, that he was the Secretary of Transporta- uh, Transportation. Well, it's still just going to Congress, though. Yeah. He's still done nothing. He doesn't do anything. He, d- he, he does bad videos where he walks down the hall and talks about getting the shot that doesn't work. So this is all kind of, this is all a bad deal. This is all a really bad deal, quite frankly. The union issue, too, is this is one that, because people get really, they get really ticked off about it. And the idea that you can't criticize bad management um, is, I reject that because it's anti-American. I mean, literally, we, that we criticize things we don't like. That's how our country was founded. We, we, we talk about the stuff that we dislike and the stuff that's not working. And so I've always, when it comes to public sector, I always have a problem with me being tell, told I got to foot the bill, but I'm not allowed a place at the negotiating table. You can get bent six ways to Sunday with that. People who pay, they have every, that's their right to be at that negotiating table. And that's what I don't like when you got the public sector stuff and politicians, which is different from the private sector. But I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to sit here and pay the indulgence of having to throw compliments on one group or another just to state an opinion to not piss people off. I'd rather people turn off the show because I'm not doing that. I'm not going to water down my show and be like all the other oversaturated crap podcasts that are out there trying to compete with broadcast radio. Not going to do it. So that's the way it is. People have listened to me for a long time. They know that's how I roll. So... We, it, it takes the only people with tough stuff can can ride. How about that? So we it aggravates me because I always get some cranky McCrankerson who wants to sit here and complain about it. And I'm like, son, you must not know me. I call everybody son, even if they're like 40 years older than me. I don't care. Like, you must not know me. This is how we've always done. So also the latest with China, because apparently tanks start well, they're shipping tanks. I want to be I want to be very careful. There were tanks on flatbeds that were rolling in. So that's, that's the late, we're going to get into all of that as well. The war on free speech. We're going to talk about freakery. We're going to talk, oh, here's a, another, I've got a couple of big stories on uh, uh, biostate and surveillance. And what could happen here in the U.S.? Folks, our great nation was founded on the principle that all men are created equal. But far too many of our nation's colleges and universities, including those in the Ivy League, continue to insist on using race as a factor for admissions. The Supreme Court is deciding on this very subject right now. But there is a unique American college that doesn't discriminate based on race. It never has and never will. It's one of my favorites, Hillsdale College. Hillsdale was founded in 1844 to educate all persons, irrespective of nationality, color, or sex. And it continues that policy today, admitting students on the strength of their character, their ability, and intentions, not their heritage or background. Dr. Larry Arne, the president of Hillsdale College, recently published an article explaining Hillsdale's colorblind policies and its related refusal of government funding, even indirectly, in the form of federal student aid. Read it for yourself at Dana4FORHillsdale.com. And after you read it, please consider supporting Hillsdale with a year-end gift. So please, go read Dr. Arne's article today at Dana4Hillsdale.com. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com. 
And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. So experts are seeing housing prices drop as high mortgage rates hit. Well, they're, they're, everything's increasing. Uh, but their prices, housing prices are dropping as high mortgage rates hit demand. Uh, experts predict that their prices are going to continue falling in 2023. And slowing sales are chipping away at the housing market. It was a gangbusters year in 2021. You had ultra low mortgage rates, strong demand. But everything peaked. And so now here we are. Median existing home prices peaked at a record high in June of 413,000. They fall into 379. Probably going to keep falling. So, or at least a little more. So, very interesting. Uh, and goodness, there are a lot of people who made some dumb moves. I have to say, 2021 when they were moving, trying to take advantage of that. Pets apparently can get smarter with age, but you don't because you're a human, and we know dogs are better people. Uh, so, 71. Let's see. Survey 2,000 dog and cat owners. Look, I love animals. I love animals so much. You guys know this. Like, I, I, I believe that if you are cruel and you're abusing an animal and all this stuff, I'm, I'm I look at you the same thing ways I look at a predator. Um, but stop calling them parents unless you actually gave birth to a dog and you're a scientific marvel. Stop saying, saying you're a dog parent. Uh, survey of 2,000 dog and cat owners. They said that they feel as though, and apparently this is backed up by some veterinarian and other scientific research, dogs actually can continue. It's it. You can actually teach an old dog new tricks, basically. That's the whole point of the story. I thought it was interesting. Uh, also, Portland, another store, closes its doors. They said their city was in peril, and they left an epic note behind. They said, we have no protection recourse against the criminal behavior that goes unpunished. The store called Rain's PDX was burglarized 15 times in the last year and a half. And they said the damage, they said their insurance policy has stopped covering the losses and they cannot afford to stay open in Portland. And over 200 people were rescued off a giant chunk of ice in Minnesota. What were they doing out there? I don't know what's in Minnesota. They do whatever Minnesotans do when it gets cold. They all go on the ice and fish. I don't know. Stay with us. Black Rifle Coffee Company is helping you knock out your holiday shopping. If you have a coffee lover on your shopping list, Black Rifle has the best coffee brewing gear, thermoses, mugs, and apparel, all designed for folks who love America. Stuff your stockings with all of the highest grade American roasted coffee and become a holiday hero by joining the Black Rifle Coffee Club. Set your coffee delivery schedule to your exact preferences and it arrives at your door with no shipping fees. It's the gift that just keeps on giving. Looking for a patriotic gear and apparel for your friends and family? Be sure to check out all of Black Rifle's new clothing designs. Veteran founded and run Black Rifle Coffee Company takes pride in serving coffee and culture to people who love America. And each purchase you make helps support veteran and first responder causes. Head over to BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to find my favorites and get all of the best merch, coffee and apparel in time for the holidays. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. BlackRifleCoffee.com dot com slash Dana. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays noon to three PM Eastern Time. I just want to make a comment about what we've been seeing going on in China. Uh, this zero COVID policy uh, is draconian. Uh, it violates people's liberties and it is completely unscientific. And the people of China are right to be able to speak out and protest against what the Chinese Communist Party is doing. This CCP has a maniacal desire to exert total control 
over its population. Zero COVID is really just the pretext for them to do what they want to do anyways. Exactly. Exactly. And that's Ron DeSantis down in Florida who's remarking on some of what we've been seeing as it relates to these protests in China. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. It's uh, bottom of our first hour. I talked about this with Steve Yates yesterday. And you can find that out. If I uh, find that uh, our discussion, go on YouTube and watch it. And this is a it's a this whole thing. Now, remember, these protests predated Joe Biden's uh, G20 summit visit. They predated the summit visit. And there were people, because there was a bus apparently that had overturned that was ferrying people who were forced into quarantine, ferrying them somewhere. And there have been a couple of other instances where lives had been lost due to these draconian policies. And so that was one of the reasons why people were out in the street. It wasn't until, that, well, it was the viral video that took place uh, in Urumqi. That's the capital of the Xinjiang province. And that's where, of course, you know, you have the Uyghurs imprisoned. Uh, they had locked, and by they I mean the state, had locked people in their apartment building, and they had metal ties, I'm looking at some of the photos and videos, they had metal ties on the doors, and there was a fire that broke out, and they let kept people in there. And in the video, you could hear people screaming, there were young children. They said that there were only 10 fatalities, but I don't know how you can think that after watching the video. I mean, when you watch the video, there's no way there was... Some of the people there were saying on Chinese social media that it was actually like 40-something. But the whole point is that there are lockdowns that you can't get to a COVID zero. It's not ever going to happen. But the protest had already started before G20. And... The video, the viral video, just helped kick it off even more and help spark greater turnout at all of these different protest events. And so now, the when Biden was over there, he met with Xi Jinping what, for three hours and there's no indication that they talked about any of this. It, the situation with apple and this is how apple comes in because there's a weird dovetail here between china apple and then twitter and free speech here so reuter i think it was reuters had reported that as the protests began in several of these cities in china and on college campuses the most widespread show of public dissent it's as it's been described apple decided to restrict its use in China, meaning that people would have to do all of this without a very crucial tool of communication. So AirDrop, you know the AirDrop feature that you have on your iPhone and other devices? It helps people evade censorship because AirDrop uses connections between phones and it forms a network of these devices. And so you don't need the internet to communicate. You can just allow in your settings, you can just choose to receive airdrops from anyone else that has an iPhone nearby. So it creates its own uh, intra-phone network where you don't have to rely on, like in China, the state-run internet. But for some reason, on November 9th, when Apple released a new version of, when it had its new operating system, iOS 16.11, they... It didn't list new features. It says that it includes bug fixes and security updates recommended for all users. 
But hidden in the update was a change that was only applicable to the iPhones that were sold in China. AirDrop can only be set to receive messages from everyone for 10 minutes and then it switches off. There's no, there's no way now on Chinese iPhones to keep the everyone setting permanently on on their phones. And the change was, was uh, noticed by Chinese readers of one tech uh, entity called 9to5Mac. And they were taking screenshots and they said that AirDrop now is a time limit in China. And it was a restriction based on hardware rather than software. So only the iPhone models purchased in mainland China are actually affected by it. They, just, they limited it. Now, some people are speculating that the Chinese regulator demanded that Apple do so in its iOS update to prevent people from spreading what they consider harmful content and anti-government material. Very interesting. They were saying that it's an issue of national security. That's why you saw some of these protesters out with blank pieces of paper. They couldn't write anything on it because, remember, a year earlier during the protests in Hong Kong, slogans had been criminalized. So they decided the little network that they created just by using AirDrop between phones, China decided, oh, no, that can spread disinformation. So we're going to have to regulate that. We're going to have to shut that down. Hmm. I mean, it's that's pretty unbelievable, but they did it. I mean, it's this, they used it, like I said, in Hong Kong, it was one of the most effective tools of communication in Hong Kong. And it was a way to spread messages to tourists from mainland China who came to visit Hong Kong. I mean, there's been protest literature dropped. There's all kinds of stuff. They, it it is their, they call it the great firewall over there because that's the, what they call China's total control of the internet. Now, when Apple was asked to explain it, they wouldn't respond. And so the market share in China is growing for Apple. 16% of smartphone shipments in China last quarter were iPhones. That's up 11% a year ago. The, the leader is uh, Vivo. It's a Chinese company. They have 20% of all the smartphone shipments. And so they're, they're actually working. You could say they're working with the government by aiding the government with the functionality of their phone. Hmm. So that happened, but Apple apparently a lot of discussion as to whether or not they should continue keeping Twitter on the app. Musk said that Apple threatened to remove Twitter from the App Store. And there's all kinds of stuff now that's coming out. There's all kinds of apparently Apple uh, he, because he they did they apparently charge and I'm looking this up here because I have so many notes on this. They apparently they were they do these weird market flex where they charge an exorbitant tax over certain things just because they can. Were you did you see some of that stuff? It's just interesting. But the whole point is that they're trying. I, I mean, they're they they work. They're essentially. I just think that they're working as an aid to the government. They're working as an agent of the state in China. So it's not beyond the realm of possibility to think that they wouldn't do the same thing here. Uh, not at all. They said that Apple apparently they have a secret thirty percent tax on App Store purchases. There are a lot of people who've been talking about that. They're saying that they just it's just a flex that they can do. 
I mean, he's not he's not wrong. I mean, it's it's a thirty percent tax from app developers, and yeah, and the in-app purchases too. Just because they can. The weird thing. I'm looking at this. They've become Apple's become a very 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 powerful tool in limiting the airdrop within in China's whole censorship apparatus. I mean, they actually censor what they have in their app store in China. They have to block all kinds of stuff so they don't run afoul of whatever the Chinese censors are. There's no history there of standing up to, I mean, didn't Apple say that, you know, they have all these, didn't they have like a mission statement and they prided themselves on doing the right thing? Or was that Google? I can't remember. I mean, I thought it was good that they started taking some of their production out of China and moving it elsewhere. But when you're sitting here acting as an agent of state because you would rather have that market share, and that's kind of the problem, isn't it? Some were saying that in their data centers, Apple's compromises make it impossible for companies to stop the government from gaining access to all kinds of stuff of Chinese residents. I mean, there's a, and it, that's, it's, why, why would you enable this? And then... Why would Apple, I mean, if everything which, with, that Musk says is true, and so far, I mean, I haven't seen anything that hasn't been. He said that Apple threatened to withhold Twitter from the App Store won't tell us why. Man. But China's okay, but somehow Twitter's not just because he took it over and it's free speech. This is just crazy. This is how insane all of this stuff is getting because it is an issue of speech. Musk had tweeted yesterday that there's going to be information that he'll soon publish on Twitter and the censorship and the or the the shadow banning, etc. He said Twitter files on free speech suppression soon to be published on Twitter itself. The public deserves to know what actually happened. And I don't disagree with that. They should. Especially since they, it's our, they've already made themselves political because they use themselves as an agent of, of the state to suppress the story and affect the outcome of, a, of an election. And it's just all there is to it. Did you hear this soundbite? I wanted to play this. This is yesterday. Uh, and we played it coming in, but I want to play it again really quickly because this was Reuters' Andrea Shalal. She was talking to Corinne Jean-Pierre. And she was asking whether or not should Twitter become... Is are there a vector? Uh, Twitter does. How do you stop Twitter from becoming a vector of misinformation? What tools do you have? Listen to this. The question about Twitter. Um, you know, there's a researcher at Stanford who says that this is a critical moment, really, in terms of um, ensuring that Twitter does not become a vector for misinformation. I mean, are you concerned about the, you know? Elon Musk says there's more and more uh, subscribers coming online. Are you concerned about that? And what tools do you have? Who is it at the White House that is really keeping track of this? So, look, this is something that we're certainly uh, keeping an eye on. And uh, look, um, we, you know, we have always been very clear. Um, and that uh, when it comes to social media platforms, it is their responsibility. Why would you keep an eye on him? What is the point of keeping an eye on him? That's the thing that's pretty unbelievable. I mean, Apple also suspended most of its advertising on Twitter. 
So that was something else that had been reported. And there was a LBRY, it's a publisher that says it's, it's, says it's the Bitcoin of publishing. They said that this has been their own experience with Apple, I guess if you want to call it censorship. I, I think it's safe to say that you can call it censorship at this point because they're acting as agents of the state. This is not a company that's acting of its own direction. This is a company that they've all been, they've all said this, they've all confirmed this, they've all talked about it publicly, that they've worked with the administration to try to curtail speech. And anything that they dislike is redefined as misinformation in a very Orwellian fashion. It's a new speech. Wrong think. Anything that challenges any sort of leftist ideology is classified as misinformation and hate speech. Therefore, they can now claim justification for trying to suppress it. They want to step around censorship without having to admit that it is censorship totally based on just political leanings. It very much is a battle for free speech. Even if you don't use Twitter, it doesn't matter. Even if you're not on social media at all, it's completely irrelevant. Because the rest of the world, a lot of people, and particularly the people that decide your headlines, are. The people that fight over who controls your kids' history books are. The people who write the movies that you all go see that influence the next generation, they are. Even if you're not, all of the people who make the content that you consume day in and day out are. And you want the right ones to win. The people who support speech. We have a lot still on the way. Gosh, it's another packed show today. It's hard to understand why anyone would keep voting for record inflation and skyrocketing crime. Likewise, why would anyone keep funding the left by sticking with big mobile carriers? Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, and they want to make it easy for you to try their service. Give them 60 days to earn your trust. And when you try Patriot Mobile for two months, you get your third month free, plus free activation. Patriot Mobile offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 5G networks, and they use the same towers as all three of the major carriers, so you get the same great service while supporting a company that's fighting to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. Visit PatriotMobile.com Dana or call their 100% U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. If you're fed up with woke companies that don't care about your values, support a company that does. Make the switch today and get a free month of service plus free activation. PatriotMobile.com Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. So in just a little bit, Iran is going to play the United States for World Cup. Now, you might, some of the people out there are like, I don't want soccer. This is why you need to watch it. Do you guys remember Miracle on Ice? Let's go back to 1980. I was maybe two years old, not yet. Go back to 1980. And in 1980, you had the U.S. hockey team, men's hockey team in the Olympics battling against the Russians. The Russians were professional. This was the time when the IOC demanded that everybody be amateurs. But Russia got around it because they're like, no, no, no. They work for the government. Yeah, literally their hockey club within the KGB and everybody else. That's all they did is play hockey all day long. They're professional athletes. And it was called Miracle on Ice because we won. And that was at, I mean, to me, it seemed like that was probably the peak of the Cold War. A peak. Fast forward to today. 
We have this weird relationship with Iran. We had have an administration that wants to prioritize it over those who are wanting to live in peace, at least somewhat in the Middle East. And they have been abusing our athletes. They've been going off on our U.S. soccer players. They were going at uh, several of them, including the coach. Now, the coach actually did come back and apologize for the flag lame. Don't ever, don't apologize to terrorists. And their government, their religious authority, killing protesters, you're terrorists, in my opinion. But they have been so heinous to our athletes, who I thought have, our players have handled themselves wonderfully in the face of all of this. Well, they face off today on the pitch. Was it, what, at what time? One o'clock central? My gosh, I feel like there's going to be a series or a movie or something made of this. And the players themselves, they were threatened by their government. They're just captive, too. They were told, you better behave yourself or your families are going to get it. No joke. That's what the Iranian government told them. So maybe they can all join hands and run off the field together and they'll get them to safety. Maybe that'll happen. Run off the pitch and go and get on a bus to come to America. I don't know. We'll see. Well, we're going to watch and see what happens coming up. Second hour on the way. Stay with us. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart Cherry Gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies. Buytartcherry.com Dana. That is offensive to me. Government's going to go after someone that wants to have free speech? What do they have to look at Twitter about? Do they want to go more after American public about whether they can have an opinion on something? I think the American public have spoken on this. I think our First Amendment stands up, and I, I think they should stop picking on Elon Musk. You know, Elon Musk has succeeded in many places. I, I'd bet on him more than government going after you. And I, one thing I would say when we talk about accountability, we'll no longer let government go after people simply because of their political views. Now, I like Kevin McCarthy saying that. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you, top of our second hour. I like him saying that. That's Kevin McCarthy, who may be House Speaker if he wins. But I want to know how you're going to do that. How are you going to stop them from going after people? Can I just remind everyone? Now, please, I don't. This is why I like not being friends with any of these people. Because I don't, I don't have to worry about any of, of my bread coming from maintaining niceties with these folks. I don't got to worry about it. I just want to know. And I don't dislike Kevin McCarthy. I want to know a little bit more than platitudes. And I'm not saying that to be mean to him. He's going to come on the show. He was on a couple of weeks ago, and we're going to have him back on because that's one. I want to know how he plans to do that. The reason I ask is, it seemed like just 
last year that we heard Republicans saying, oh, we're going to go after Section 230 and do all of this stuff. And, you know, we were up, me and others were warning people, this is the consequence of doing that. This is what can happen. And so I I just wonder, I, I want to know how this is going to be done in a limited government fashion in keeping with Article 1, Section 8. Because there's a lot of things that can be promised, but I just, I really want to know how that's going to work. That's what I want to know. So it is crazy. It's the complete attack on speech. I will say this. Did you see the new policy showcase or policy? He, he showcased it in a tweet. He was talking about it. Did you see the new policy change? I'm pulling this up. Forgive me because I just literally lost it all. Apparently now there's no such thing as uh, COVID misinformation anymore. He had a, he released this report explaining how many accounts were due. It's a transparency report due to quote unquote COVID misinformation. Over 11,000 of them were banned in total since January 2020 under the policy. And this was one of the things that he said he was going to make all of this, all of this public. And we, I mean, we know that that was happening. How crazy, because the media was saying, no, 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 that's not happening. But it was. There were tons of accounts. I think maybe one of the biggest ones was uh, they had accounts, over 3 million accounts challenged in December of 21. This is, pre- I mean, it was a, you can question public health policy. It's literally your right as a citizen. And what the government was doing was using Twitter as an agent of state to silence any questioning of public health policy actually abridging your First Amendment right. That is censorship. Just because it's a private entity involved in carrying out government orders doesn't make it any less so. It's still censorship because the entity chose to act as an agent of state at the request of the state. As per Jen Psaki, which she revealed to everyone multiple times from the dais while addressing the White House press corps repeatedly on television over the course of many months. They wanted to work, she said, with tech companies to control misinformation, stop the spread of misinformation, look at accounts that were spreading misinformation. I don't care if someone... Has a doesn't matter if someone dislikes another person's opinion on public health policy. It is not the job of a tech company. It is not the job of an activist. It is not the job of a media entity to write the rules as to what free people can say or not say. But that's what exactly happened. Under Jack Dorsey and all of these other goons that were up there, Twitter HQ, this was not, this entity, Twitter was not behaving as merely a private entity, just a facilitator of conversation. They were editorializing and choosing which conversation to allow, which they weren't, which they were going to amplify. And even on that, Twitter itself would suspend people on the grounds of misinformation 
which put a stain on people's reputations. That is not behaving as a mere facilitator of speech. You are at that point behaving as a publisher. At that point, you are no different from CNN. You're no different from MSNBC. But the practice difference is that you, at that point, Twitter was not required to follow the same rules that publishers were allowed to follow, even though they were admittedly acting as one. So this is where that discussion about private entity gets a little muddy. I support private business rights. I support private businesses operating how they want to. But when the private business partners with the state and willingly takes on agent of state duties, then that's not a private entity issue anymore. That is an issue of censorship. And that's what a lot of people have been discussing. Now, capital L libertarians say, oh, it's still a private business. They're acting as agents of state hiding behind this veneer of privatization. Be real about it. They're trying to dodge accountability by hiding behind a veneer of privatization. But yet, they actually rely on government favor in order to do what they do, which is, in some respect, it's kind of a, subsi- kind of a subsidy in a way. So I think you could realistically argue that they're benefiting from that public subsidy, therefore further negating any kind of further disrupting or destroying that veneer of privatization. So this is, this is the issue that a lot of people have pointed to. It's not anyone else's job to dictate what you can or cannot say, and particularly on the issue of public health and po- on policy. You not only have the right, you have, as a free person, you have an obligation to speak out. Not just a duty, an obligation. And I don't, this is, we have a long way to go in this. Because this is a very, very long, in some ways it's a culture battle, and in some ways it's a battle of rights. It's a culture battle in that the left, let me play, let me play a soundbite for you. The left has different ideas. I want you to listen to this. Audio soundbite nine. I want you to listen to Anthony Fauci, for instance. This is a good example of this. On the lockdowns in China and his thoughts on them. Listen. Well, when you want to shut down uh, in order to interrupt immediately a process that's going on, like the spread of infection, there should be a purpose to it. Like you want to make sure you get enough ventilators or enough PPE or you want to get your population vaccinated. The comment that I made about their severe uh, um, actions that they've taken is that you have to have an end game. What's the purpose? If the purpose is let's get all the people vaccinated, particularly the elderly, then okay. Hmm. So he's saying that the means justify the end. But see, that's actually contradictory to the founding of the country. The means don't ever justify the end. The end is always liberty. Err on the side of liberty. Always. Because once that's lost, you never, ever reclaim it. There's not been a society at all whatsoever in the history of this humans where we have reclaimed it once it's been lost. And so there's the difference there. He thinks that it's acceptable. It was acceptable because, you know, it's if the purpose is that's him saying, well, if the end is this, 
then the means are justified. If the end is, let's get people vaccinated, then all of this stuff is justified. That's what he just said. Removing all of the fluff out of his remark, that's what he just said. There's a difference, a marked difference between the left and the right. Because the left is okay with using government force to either settle disputes, political differences, or for expediency when they don't feel like putting in the effort to persuade people. And it's that last bit that I get worried about, particularly when I see anyone on the right try to copy it. Because at that point, you're not, when you fight fire with fire in that respect, you're just making more fire. You need to have water. That's one of the reasons the NatCon thing is so annoying. But there's a major difference. What gets me also is that all of these people are saying, oh, look, the Chinese protesters. But they wanted that stuff here now. They wanted those. Those, those absolute, they wanted those, those here now. And I don't even know why Fauci's still out there talking. Why is he still out here talking? Is this his goodbye tour? Go the hell Goodbye. Go. His historical revisionism, his completely dragged out farewell tour. This is ridiculous. And he's trying to rewrite history and save his legacy. That's what he's doing. I it just just asinine. This guy is such a joke. Now This is one of the reasons, too, why I think the left is so hell-bent on controlling Twitter. Because it is the war on free speech. It's they want to control speech. They want to control discussion. Mashable, which is, um, it's like a tech entity. Digital, it's a digital, I don't want to say media anymore. They said Twitter's not safe for the brand anymore. So anything that doesn't suppress any challenge to leftist thought isn't safe for the brand It's not safe for the brand. They're trying to push forward with words or violence. Oh, this is not safe. They're trying to add factor in this element, this non-existent element of danger in order to justify taking it over and regulating it. It's exactly what this is. Now, I have a few other things here, too. Coming up, I've got some wokery for you. Uh, and the latest of protests in China as well. And you know the White House, they hung their stockings by the chimney with care. You know they, how it, they always hang the stockings of the grandkids and all of that. Guess what they did again? They left out Hunter Biden's love baby, his love child, with his ex, the, uh, his ex, the, the, one, the former stripper from Kentucky, London Roberts, I think is her name. They, they did not hang up a stocking for Hunter Biden's daughter on the fireplace doesn't sound like, yeah, again, I wonder why his kids have so many damn problems, why, why Joe Biden's kids are all messed up. I mean, this is the stuff that they do. What a just hateful, hateful grandparents. Good grief. So we got that and a whole bunch more for you on the way. You may not believe this, but you know, sometimes you just don't get the whole story from a lot of media coverage. I'm Byron York from The Byron York Show. In my latest episodes, I discuss how a new special counsel is gearing up to investigate former President Trump, and a lot of the evidence in the case is secret. Don't forget to download and subscribe to my daily no 
Chit Chat Podcast. I don't talk about every single issue in the news, just the ones you need to know the most. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So in Atlanta, a woman went into labor, and man, she was... She apparently, her labor was progressing fast. Her fi- her fiance was driving her to the hospital. They stopped because she had to use the bathroom really badly. Now I get it, but also at the same time, man, you got to be careful. So she said, I went to the bathroom. My water broke immediately. She stopped at a fast food restaurant, McDonald's in Atlanta. That's when she started screaming. The restaurant manager went in to see what was happening. And she said, uh, we're having a baby today. So she told her crew. I mean, she just like went to business. She went to work. It was great. But, I mean, God love her. She had to give birth in the, in the McDonald's uh, bathroom because it was so fast after that. So they said uh, they helped her. They said the ladies at McDonald's were, were there helping her up, uh, helping her to, because she had to push. And then fi- within 15 minutes of her water breaking, this woman gets a gold medal for delivery. Her daughter, Nandy, was born. And uh, they're now calling her, because of where they had her, as a nickname, Nugget. Actually, 15 minutes. Oh, 15 minutes. So, uh, six foot lobster Mickey returns to Boston. It's a statue. It's weird. It's basically like a orange looking Mickey with crab hands. Right then, he's got lobster. Co- co- sorry, lobster claws for hands. It's a 700 pound statue. Uh, it slipped out of sight and then it was sold at an auction and then it came back. So it's it was on Atlas Obscura, a website for oddball landmarks. And uh, Lobster Mickey is back. It's one of 75 sculptures Disney commissioned, apparently. And uh, so now if people care about that stuff, it's there. I mean, I don't know. oh, Black Friday gun sales were the third highest ever. People weren't just buying TVs. They were actually also purchasing firearms. With a record 192,749 background checks for the people who don't think that we have background checks. That's where they are. Usually they're the best gun sales of the year. And there are only two other Black Fridays recently, 2017 and 2019. Those combined sales uh, were over 600,000. Pretty awesome. This is uh, some of the, some of the uh, not just from FBI's background checks, but also NSSF, National Shooting Sports Foundation. Stay with us. We got more in store next. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Dealing with uh, heating and cooling issues. It's like people don't realize we're doing a damn national radio show here. Good grief. Welcome back to the program. It's frustrating. I um, A couple of things that I wanted to hit here, especially with this issue of pull this up because this is troubling first off we've been talking about the protests in china and all that let me compare something for you or give you an indication as to where things are going to go so surveillance in china i was reading this piece uh from the washington post on this where people think, oh, if there's a lot of people protesting, they'll never catch me. Chinese police stations, they write, use net- huge networks of facial recognition cameras that can retroactively trace people for days or months. And there was a, a police document in 2018 that was released 
or that people were able to get a hold of, describing a network of thousands of cameras in one district that saves faces within the last 90 days. It traces people over time and generates alarms for what what it calls high-risk behavior, like if you're out after midnight. And there are all kinds of procurements describing Chinese police surveillance systems that recognize people despite face coverings. It doesn't matter. That was from a 2019 report. And when... Officials in China use surveillance cameras to ID thousands near near supermarkets to conduct home visits for, as part of their coronavirus lockdown campaign. And there was a piece in Reuters that got into facial recognition and how the, uh, you know, ultimately it got, got into what it was like to, you know, basically be nannied by cameras. You know, they would send drones out to tell people what to do with speakers on them, which is crazy. They said that in some of the universities, students shouldn't leave campus unless it was necessary. They had these patriotic health camp campaigns. And uh, I mean, the, by the way, the cameras can collect not just facial data, but temperatures. One student said that they had dozens of cameras in their dorm building, six on each floor. People watch you when you wake up, when you go to sleep. That's crazy. Massive surveillance. And if you protest online, uh, so you they they go after you as well. You have your national ID via your, your phone number. You have to register that with any online service. So that's how they that's how they went after Wuhan residents in 2020. Early on, when people were saying that their relatives were falling sick from this disease, and the government was denying it, etc. Um, but they actually have tons of data points, millions of them, and they find instigators, and they. They are also harvesting all this data on Western targets as well. You can't alternate apps. I mean, the store, it, it's a pretty, I'm going to include this in your prep, uh, your email that I send out. Everything from, uh, they said that standard Chinese police phone forensics kit and the apps they pull data from, uh, especially TikTok. Just, this is just crazy. And their surveillance state has been spreading ever more quietly. That's a whole censorship machine. And this is how they put people on blacklists and everything. So remember the white piece of paper that people have been holding because they can't write slogans? So they vaguely defined the laws as picking quarrels, writes WAPO, and provoking trouble. That's a really low bar for, for legal action. And they said that people who protested, like for instance, there were there was some stories of people who were protesting the demolition of a village and uh, they went to Beijing to petition and they were sentenced to three and a half years in jail because they gathered in a crowd. It's crazy. Now, I want you to look at some of this stuff here, because as much as people talk about the surveillance state in China, a lot of people like to politicize the way that January 6th has been handled and they just think, oh, well, if it's they're conservative, so it doesn't matter to me. Well, it should, because what happens if you get someone in power who doesn't like you? No one ever thinks of that. What happens if you get, I mean, God forbid, what happens if you get somebody like me in office? Which is why I know my limits. I've said this before. You think I'm joking, but I'm being just completely honest with you. I mean, I absolutely will I'm look, I'm glad real with the one ring. Don't tempt me. I absolutely will abuse my authority and I will totally, totally make people miserable that I don't like. I'm being honest about it. 
You don't want that. So don't give me the tools to do it, right? Don't don't set this up because you think that it's going to be okay in the hands of the people that you like, but you don't think that far ahead. So here's my point. They said that I was looking at this, a couple of different reports on this. So in January 6th, they used what they call a general warrant. And it resulted in the search of over 500 million Google location histories with zero regard or inclusion of any kind of probable cause. There was this piece over at Wired. It said Google provided investigators with location data for all of these devices as part of the federal investigation into the Capitol. Now, of course, their whole thing is like very politicized, etc. But it is really wild. And apparently this, I mean, they, they had apps tracked and everything. So when looking at this, they said that the FBI used this unprecedented, what they call a modern day general warrant to seize the personal data of anybody who, and the phrase used in the documents was could have been in the vicinity of the Capitol on January 6th. Holy wow. They said the geofence warrant here entailed multiple massive searches of all Google users who had location history. This is a document from a federal public defender. They said step one was a true dragnet conducted by Google at the government's direction. The FBI commandeered Google to search through millions of private accounts to determine if any of them contained data of interest. The warrant, therefore, was unconstitutionally overbroad, a modern day general warrant. Google and the government also exceeded the scope of the step one warrant. At steps two and three, the warrant remained overbroad as it authorized further intrusive searches of subscriber information of thousands of devices, which certainly included people involved in no criminal activity. Holy wow. And they didn't establish any kind of probable cause that anyone that any of these subjects that were being looked at had committed any kind of criminality. The whole thing, this is what is in the is in the doc. It says, additionally, the government's application for the geofence warrant relied on assumptions to equate presence presence at the Capitol with criminal activity. Uh, hypothesizing because of the pandemic, the security surrounding the Capitol in preparation for the inauguration, the security surrounding the Capitol for the protest of the cert- certification, and the limited scope of the geographic area covered by this warrant, there will probably be no tourists or bystanders to be found in any of this data. So it was all literally conjecture. And then folks of the pandemic as the justification. So just a mere presence could equal criminality. And that's what the doc says. In other words, the government sought identifying information for any device for which Google was 68% confident that the device was somewhere within the geofence at a single moment during the four and a half hour geofence period. The government created presence to criminality. Wow. And they keep going, oh, well, democracy, what do they say? It's, it's all about democracy. Their democracy could die. All of this, we have to investigate because everything hangs in the balance. But do you realize the absolute, complete obliteration of the Fourth Amendment that has been, that has been invoked here? I don't care what, there was a riot that broke out and it wasn't the same as the peaceful protest that was blocks away. Go after the people who were breaking the law. But people who were merely there, 
That's merely being present is not criminality. This is a terrifying new, I mean, complete diminishment of due process. There was one, um, Michael Tracy, who's a journalist, had wrote, had written that as recently as November 3rd, a brand new January 6th defendant was arrested and the FBI said that they attempted to use the same geofence warrant, a general warrant, to establish their criminality, the suspects, the person's criminality, but they failed. So you think that would be the end of it, but you would be wrong. So then they tried facial recognition software. Sound familiar? We we're just talking about that with China's surveillance state. But then that failed. Now you think that that would have done it, but nope, they kept going. They kept pushing. The accusation against the person is that they walked into the Capitol at 2.50 p.m., took a selfie with their wife, and then left. The wife was arrested. They walked into the beginning. They didn't go further into the Capitol, into any of the rooms. They walked in through open doors into the Capitol, took selfies, and left. It was handled by the FBI's Joint Terrorism Task Force. And they used the general warrant. In fact, according to the document from the public defender, they said the warrant application was based on an amalgam of evidence. The government recited secondhand tips where individuals claimed they'd heard some unnamed person say they heard so-and-so's Mr. Ryan's wife say that he had been the, that he had been at the Capitol. And they actually said that they never claimed to enter the building during any of this. They were like right there in the opening, right there in the doors. They basically took a selfie in the doors. They didn't go through and go into the inside rooms. This is nuts. And this is what they use to go after people. There are a significant number of these cases. Now, granted, you absolutely have cases where people were destroying things and they were they met punishment. But there were there was an absolutely ungodly amount of cases where it was this. And that is absolutely inexcusable. And the reason you don't hear anything about it is because the left thinks that it's acceptable. This is all about politics to them. I mean, this is you're talking about due process, which is a cornerstone. It is the bedrock of this republic. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, this isn't going to set any kind of precedent, right? Going out and and establishing this dragnet operation for thousands of Americans who show up at anything. I mean, I don't, this was all, and a lot of this was made possible, by the way, by the Patriot Act, which I've hated for forever. And I've had Republicans so angry at me over this. But you have to realize that those sorts of laws or proposals only make sense if you believe that the federal government is full of perfect angels who have no vice and who are always going to err on the side of caution and liberty and that every every process is going to be fair. That's completely a fairy tale, but that's what you have to believe in order to think that diminishments of due process like the Patriot Act, which established all of this as a, a, a action today, to think that that's actually a legitimate thing and that would never go wrong. Now, what does it sound like? Because I shared with you two different things. China's surveillance state, and then this. It sounds very troubling, does it not? 
incredibly troubling. I, it's really difficult to see how people are up in arms over the Chinese surveillance state. But then when you look and you see what's happening here, unsupervised and unwarranted surveillance on a massive scale by the FBI. The same FBI that altered emails in order to establish essentially unsupervised surveillance on private individuals as it pertained to the 2016 election. This is all documented. In fact, the agent who edited the emails was fired, so there's no point in disputing it. This is absolutely unacceptable, and this is the most dangerous thing I can think of. (sighs) Yeah, but they'll complain about Chinese surveillance, but yet willingly participate in the creation and practice of it here in the United States over politics, something else. Good grief. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. Two of you sent me, well, no, sorry. Yeah, two of you sent me this story. And then other ones didn't think that the mac and cheese story was real that I shared with you yesterday. I am not. I, there's no way I can read this story. Someone's like, I double dog dare you to read this story. This is, this is the one, Kane. Hold up. They just like to watch me figure out how to talk about this stuff online. It's from Smoking Gun and also uh, Channel 17. Yeah. I saw that one yesterday, too. Uh-huh. No, I know, yeah, I noticed you didn't share it because you're smart. Uh, I actually put it in. No, no. Then I, over, then I didn't put do it. it. In your, you're uh, one of the people. Gosh, dang it. So, uh, oh, fine, we're going to do it. A man was charged after throwing an intimate toy at a woman during an argument. Well done. Well done. I feel like I'm playing like a, a like a game here. Like, what's the game where you can't say the word? Right. Yeah. Like catchphrase or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. Police arrested a Florida man Thanksgiving morning after he allegedly threw an intimate toy at a woman during an argument. According to court documents, Christopher Pasito, 45, and his 33-year-old girlfriend were at the Sun Island Motel when they got into an argument around 5 in the morning. He began packing his suitcase to leave, and he began throwing her stuff out of the suitcase, and that's when she got hit by the item on her torso, leaving a bruise. A bruise? Really? He He was charged with domestic battery. I'm sorry, but I think that's kind of dumb. That's kind of dumb, you know, and he was ordered to have, I just want to, I mean, she, I got hit in the torso with the, you know what, I got a bruise. Oh, I'm just, I don't know. I can't. Really? That's all the time? Really? I didn't even get to the Florida man gets drunk and attempts to set tents on fire in Monroe County. He did though. And he began, he told him it was gas, but it was water. He was dumping it all in their tents, freaked everybody out. Stay with us. Third hour next. The idea we still allow semi-automatic weapons to be purchased is sick. It's just sick. It has no, no social redeeming value. Zero. None. Oh, my gosh. So now, you guys heard that. We played that yesterday. Well, they, and that was, that's the president. I am not the president. I'm your, your moderately tolerable curmudgeon right now. Dana Lash here with you, top of our third hour. This is what KJP by the way, if I had three names, it would be that. I would be, I'd just call myself that. Hey, KJP here. Instead of Corinne Jean-Pierre. No, but stop it. 
Anyway, she was asked about this yesterday. Audio soundbite five. Listen, because they're now they got to rewrite it. I uh, just wanted to ask a quick follow-up. The president has said repeatedly that, of course, he wants to ban assault weapons, but on Thanksgiving, uh, when he was in Nantucket, he said, quote, the idea we still allow semi-automatic weapons to be purchased <clears throat> is sick. Obviously, that's a, a huge category uh, of guns, from rifles to pistols to shotguns that are not assault weapons. So I guess my question here is, did the president misspeak, or does he, in fact, want to ban all semi-automatic guns no he was he was talking about uh assault yes, weapons was, that's what he was talking about i know we're not letting you do it girl that afternoon when when he was asked that question no we're not uh nope you don't get to rewrite we heard it with his own mouth that's what he said he said the quiet part out loud he said the quiet semi-automatic weapons to be purchased is still allow semi-automatic weapons to be purchased is sick that's what he said just saying just saying all right so we're there's that we're also following which i think is basically what what happens when foreign policy goes onto the pitch usa versus iran that makes apparently the iranian government angry which is why we're doing that and it just started and i can't watch because everything's not letting me watch so it's up to Stephen Wan to break in obnoxiously every single time something major happens Except if Iran scores. That's not allowed. No interruptions there because we don't care about them. We only want to know how bad we're beating them in a hole in the ground. However, I will say I feel badly for, their, for Iran's team. Because they were, did you all hear they were threatened? This is something that, didn't they do this? In fact, we were talking about this on break. In Iraq, they did this, like back in the 90s, apparently, to their team. Where, if, and didn't this happen with like a Russian team at some point? But I don't think theirs was, was soccer. But they, so they apparently the Iranian government threatened the families of their soccer team, their own team. And they were telling them that you better behave or else. Because this is the big make or break game here. And, you know, they have very, right now over in in Qatar, they have strict rules of conduct anyway. But um, they told uh, their team iran told their team you better behave yourself no protest anything on the pitch nothing like that especially in this match because they had a bunch of iranian players who would not sing the the country's national anthem that was when they played um england and after that happened they got called into a meeting with the iranian revolutionary guard who i think are the same people that are raping the women that are not having their heads covered properly right and so they got called in with the, uh, Revol- uh, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard. And they said their families would face, quote, violence and torture if they did not sing the anthem or if they joined any at all protest against the Tehran regime. So kind of a big, big moment here. And I don't know if they sang their anthem. I didn't see that. The game's already like minutes in. Do you know if they sang their anthem, Steve? Did you catch that? Uh, they were like mumbling it. I didn't. I, I don't think they were like singing it very loudly. We were screaming it. And I was watching. Dang. So here we go. We're gonna watch and see this. The thing that makes I think it makes it a little bit different from Miracle, uh, the Miracle on Ice, is that with the with the U.S. hockey team at the Olympics and then with the Russian hockey team, like the Russians were very. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but everything I was reading about with their team, and I was reading about all of the old coverage of this actually last night and this morning, 
they weren't really resistant towards their towards the Soviet Union. I mean, they were paid well. They lived better than everybody else. They had their clubs were like their government. <laughs> they the KGB had a literal club, no joke, and so they played every single day. And so it was. It's a little bit different. Like the Iranian players are mad at the regime in Tehran. They're livid. They're not proud of what their country's doing. They're angry at and they're they're enraged as as to how women were being treated. I mean, this one woman had her head covered, but not properly enough, according to the morality police. And everything is it, it's exploded since then. This is I mean, how many protests do they have to have? You never hear any other world leader speaking anything in support of them. Oh, they can speak for themselves. I, we're going to play that audio in a minute. But I, that's where I think it's just a little bit different. Where I, I don't, I feel bad for their players because I also feel like if they lose, dang, what's going to happen? Bec- the, the Iranian regime, these are the people who literally Photoshop rockets. Remember that story? They Photoshop, oh my gosh, tell me you guys remember the story. They, I mean, I got to pull this up. Because they actually, they put it out on Twitter. This is back in 2012. They actually photoshopped rockets. And the reason that it was caught is because this, the smoke trail was the same as one of the other smoke trails. They just tried to change the color of it. And it was immediately, you should Google Iran Photoshop rockets and it'll all come up. So I just think that they're probably a little sensitive. You know what I'm saying? So if their team loses, what's going to happen to these guys? I mean, I don't want them to win because, you know, I don't want Iran to have have that talking point. I want the USA to go out there and I want them to be as as light as an eagle feather and as, you know, as as hardcore as I'll get out and go and win this match. I don't really talk about sports on the show because it's not baseball. Um, But and also I don't dislike soccer. I just I like the culture of it. And I think that people should I think this is one you need to watch. Juan's got a picture up there. It's a slight exaggeration of the photo. For those of you who watch the simulcast of the nationally syndicated radio show, Juan has just has so generously put up one of the, you know, honestly, it's not that far off from what they put up. I got to be honest. Like they have Photoshop rockets. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we're watching. We're going to see what happens with that. And uh, we'll keep you up to date. I finally found a way. I can't. Okay, now I can finally watch this. So we're still, we're, there's, it's still nil, right? Correct? Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that because we got to be obnoxious about it if, you know, it's USA, USA. I, I, always, I always look for any kind of opportunity to do that. All right. We've been talking about the war on free, free speech. We've been talking about uh, uh, the, the, how it also dovetails in with what China is doing. Two things I have for you here. So you guys remember, we told you the story yesterday. Now it's everywhere. The, I, the non-binary nuclear waste guru, full stop. What, we have one of those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hold up. I'm totally distracted now. I just want to let you all know that in the past five years, we've seen some amazing titles. We had the SoundCloud rapper Warlord, who was out at Chaz Chop. Who was, what was he selling? He was giving away guns out of his uh, trunk. trunk of his, yeah. it, what, what he, had? he had an EV. It wasn't a Tesla. What was it? I don't remember. He had an EV. The SoundCloud Warlord, which kind of sounds like a 70s song in a way. Anyway, so now we have the non-binary nuclear waste guru. 
Now, this is that Sam Brinton guy who looks like a conehead. He looks like one of the coneheads from SNL. And he has security clearances. This dude, he's literally a senior official in the Department of Energy. So if you try to go up into the DOE, you couldn't go up there, but this guy could, okay? Interestingly, though, he's been on a leave of absence for the past month, and nobody knows why. He's no, there's been no discussion of it at all, why he's been on this leave of absence. So anyway, we told you how he stole a suitcase from the baggage carousel at the Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport, even though he didn't check any bags. He went up and stole some lady's Vera Bradley bag, or just walked away with it. And apparently there, was, there were over $2,000 worth of stuff in the suitcase, and so now he's charged with a felony and i think it's what later in december that's when they're having his trial he initially denied it then he said oh, it was tired he was tired now he faces five years in jail and a ten thousand dollar fine he's still technically he still has his job no one has said anything about this it was a vera bradley 26 inch navy blue hard-sided roller ba- roller bag i mean it's not like it's a hard to mi- i mean they're it's, it's a very, apparently they're very colorful bags, the Vera Bradley stuff. Anyway, he took this bag, takes this bag, flies all over with it, flew back to D.C. He even went to Europe with it, October 9th. The, the, the woman he stole the bag from never got it back. And they've been asking, you know, the administration about this. There's been nothing on it. He's, he's literally, an, on, you know, on his business card. Have you seen his business card? It has the actual U.S. Department of Energy on it, all this stuff. But then it has his pronouns on it, too. On an official government business card. I can't even. Anyway, so he was on surveillance footage. He lied to police. And then he was like, no, no, no. I was just tired. I didn't mean to lie. I was just tired. And so there's been nothing else. The complaint is public. It's pretty crazy. Uh, There's been nothing else on this. And he apparently still has his job. And there's nothing, no one else has said any, nothing from, nobody from the administration has said anything. How is this happening? So this guy still has got his job. He's still there. Uh, He's literally, he's, I mean, going to court just in two weeks. He's, he could go to jail for five years and pay a $10,000 fine. Because he stole some lady's suitcase, even though he did not. The dude went to the luggage carousel, even though he never checked a bag. And he knew he didn't check a bag. <sighs> so now it's everywhere. Have you? I haven't heard it. He hasn't been on Twitter. He hasn't been. I think they're going to try to put him to the basement. That's been their strategy for everything. Just send him to the basement. Let it. Do you trust this guy having security clearances? No. I mean, he's dealing with nuclear waste. I still don't see how he's qualified for that, but okay. <laughs> I I don't know. I I mean, and he's I and the suitcase hasn't been returned yet. And for all we know, he still has it. He has his job. The White House hasn't said a single word. Has anyone asked KJP about this? I mean, I haven't heard anything. Has, has I'm just curious if anybody's asked. It's just wild, just wild. So we have that coming up. We're going to get into. Uh, some latest with regards to the economy. Uh, and then why are thousands of convicted pedophiles being released from prison in California? Uh, some of them served less than a year. 
And we're talking about some real bad, bad people who did some very, very bad things to young children. Why? We're gonna, I'm, we're gonna talk about all of this coming up, so stay with us. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. I feel like I gotta say this in a robot voice. Robot landlords are buying up your houses. Companies that have deep resources are outsourcing management to apps and algorithms, which further puts homeownership out of reach. This is like, how, uh, good grief, stop it. The robot everything. So uh, the Hawaiian volcano, the biggest volcano in Hawaii, uh, Mauna Loa has erupted for the first time in 38 years. Now there's no, from what I've read, there's no concern about uh, anything other than ashfall. There was an ashfall advisory issued by the National Weather Service in Honolulu. They said up to a quarter inch of ash could accumulate in some areas. So they said that you know the eruption can be dynamic and lava flows can change rapidly, but apparently everything is out of the way of any kind of lava flow. So uh, that's the sky was red there this morning. I was looking at some of the photos on social media. What is the saying? Red sky at night, sailors delight. Red sky at morning, sailors take warning. Yeah. Uh, also... This uh, Ford SUV, big recall, over half a million SUVs after 20 fires break out. Ford has announced another SUV recall. It impacts impacts about 520,000 Ford Escape and Bronco Sport Compacts in the U.S. They said it's due to potential cracks in the vehicle fuel line that could cause fires to break out under the hood of some of the cars, according to the Traffic Safety Administration. A total of 634,000 of the SUVs are being recalled for the problem worldwide. They said specifically fuel injector, the fuel injector can crack in some escapes from model year 2022 through 2023, uh, and that's in the escapes, and then 2021 and 2023 in the Bronco Sport that's equipped with a three-cylinder 1.5-liter turbocharged engine, so that could allow the fuel of the vapor to leak over hot parts and start the fire, so check that out if you own one of those vehicles. This is why we don't play Monopoly in our home anymore. Um, well, not because it go this far, but in this family it did. Tulsa, Oklahoma, they arrested a man because a family game of Monopoly turned violent. That's the meanest game out there. It's also so fun. Officers were called to shots fired near Admiral and Mingo just before 6.30 p.m. The uh, caller identified the suspect as a one John Armstrong, saying he chased her down, fired a shot at her and her dad. Uh, they found out that they'd been drinking, playing Monopoly, two things you never do. It's like drinking and going to Chuck E. Cheese. When a fight broke out, and then they knocked the game board over, turning over the furniture, and then they, told, they were told to take the fight outside. And then it escalated from there. And the word of the year for 2022, according to Merriam-Webster, is gaslighting. Of course. Of course it is. Stay with us. We got more in store and we're keeping an eye on Iran versus USA. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. I'm wondering, what is the president's reaction when he hears protesters in China chant freedom or Xi Jinping step down? The president's not going to speak for protesters around the world. They're speaking for themselves. Hmm. That was John Kirby yesterday, late afternoon. It was after we were off air. Welcome back to the program. Bottom of the third hour. And what Kirby gets wrong is that they're not actually allowed to speak for themselves. I don't know if you've seen some of the protests. There was a uh, thing on, uh, they had, a, they, had a, they criminalized slogans. I mean, almost pretty much anything at this point. Because after Beijing decided to take over Hong Kong, 
and they didn't want to respect the uh, together but apart individual sovereignty of Hong Kong after uh, you had uh, Britain hand over administration to Beijing. Beijing just steamrolls in and, and, and decides to squelch freedoms and, and businesses, etc. Obviously, as everyone remembered, people took to the streets. They protested. They had signs. They, had, they shared protest songs, all of this. And so they started criminalizing what you could write even on your signage. And people were very careful with what they said. But they, I mean, I mean remember, they, they legit banned Winnie the Pooh. Because they, Winnie the Pooh was used to criticize Xi Jinping. So they actually, they actually, they, they, it's just wild. So now, flash forward, fast forward, and I'm pulling up some, some of my stuff on this. So there's a, there, Reuters has the story, blank sheets of paper become symbol of defiance in China protests. Because that's all they had to, that's all they had to use. Whether it was Nanjing, Beijing, Shanghai, college campuses, people were holding up just blank white pieces of paper because they were trying to evade censorship or being arrested because it was considered, what did they say, it was a national security issue. You're, you were promoting something like, uh, I can't remember what, the, what law that they just came up with after Hong Kong. Basically, they, like I said, they criminalized it. So people in order to evade that, would just hold up a blank sheet of paper. Then it came out, and it's weird because we're in a time when you it's impossible almost to distinguish reality from satire because a lot of Chinese protesters were saying they're pulling that A4 paper. Someone else said that, oh, it's satire, it was or it's parody, no one actually pulled it. But then other individuals who have family there were saying, yes, actually they are not all manufacturers, but a lot of them are pulling it because they don't want to get in trouble with Beijing. So it's kind of a yes, no. There, it's, I guess some are trying to avoid getting in trouble further with the, com- with the CCP, so they're pulling that type of white paper that they add on the shelves. And others were saying it was parody. It's apparently not parody, but still, that's just, it's crazy. And I think the biggest, one of the things I would take care with, and I mentioned this last night on Jesse Waters, this did not start strictly because of the COVID zero policy. And that's really how the Biden administration, I think, is spinning it to avoid him having to answer questions as to whether or not he brought any of this up with Xi Jinping. Because remember, these protests, specific, these protests on college campuses and all of the latest criticism, they started before G20. So when Joe Biden met with Xi Jinping for three hours, there's apparently none of this came up. The all of this, none of it came up. And so this is we're just watching because everybody's going crazy because USA just scored against Iran and yeah. World Cup. And we're watching it because we don't want the Mullahs and, and Tehran to win anything. Although we like their team and we know their team's abused. We don't want Tehran to win. So there we go. I think your uh, stream is ahead of mine. I'm so mad. Oh, I'm so sorry. Like yeah, what? we scored. Ah, it's 1-0. Ah! So, but like I said, Gosh, in talking about, just Steve's mad. You get mad. It's, I didn't, it's not that much ahead, is it? No, it's not. It's not. So the so the whole issue, Biden did not talk to Xi Jinping about any of this. And so then after now, keep in mind, before he met with Xi Jinping, and it's very important to understand the timeline, because I've heard John Kirby and KJP and others kind of talk about this. And they're trying to make it out like it's just the covid stuff. It's not 
So beforehand, there was a bus that overturned in another province, and it was full of people who had been forcefully detained and quarantined. Uh, they were upset over that. They were upset over the lack of food uh, that they, even after they had some lockdowns released, there's a ton of articles out there uh, that discuss how it's difficult for people to get basic food items in in, in in some major cities even because of the supply chain disaster, et cetera. So it's it's a lot more than that. And the protests predate the viral video that showed that apartment building where people were were trapped and they were on fire and you could hear their screams. And the CCP was trying to say it was only 10. There were only 10 fatalities. But everyone else is saying it was actually probably more like 40. It's awful. And so my point in bringing this up is that John Kirby goes out and says, oh, well, you know, no one, uh, Joe Biden doesn't need to speak for, for the protesters. They're speaking for themselves. They're actually not. They're not able to. They were holding up blank pieces of paper and then some, some started even pulling that. They, so that's, they didn't want, uh, yeah, subversive activities, as Kane shares from a piece. That's one of the reasons why they were, they didn't want outlaws to hoard paper for subversive activities. They're not able to speak. It doesn't take a lot to say, maybe you shouldn't treat your people this way. There's no way to get to COVID zero because it's a virus. There's no way to get to that. That's just them passing the buck. Like he's passing the buck right now where it concerns the railroad. This is another thing that's just, it's just unbelievable. Audio somebody 13, he was asked about this. He's, he says he's confident that a strike can be avoided, but it really doesn't sound like that when you listen to his people. Check it. I'm confident it can. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm confident. Boy, oh boy. It's just going to, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. And so they're preparing for it. They thought that they were going to have a win, but no, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah, all that fell apart. And uh, there, there was one union that one union really uh, put up a fight because they didn't, they didn't like the uh, what was it the the paid sick leave. They didn't. They, that was one of their issues uh, that they didn't um, felt like it didn't it didn't meet enough of. And so now Biden's facing. Uh, you know, destabilization within the ranks because, and this is from Yahoo, they're saying that Biden looks like he's abandoning his union allies. Mm. And the whole diesel supply thing too, that's another issue. In the Institute for Energy Research had a new report out where they were discussing that the, the what we're really seeing is this loss of capacity within refineries across the country. We apparently, they said, have lost about a billion per, billion barrels per day. And even though we need, and the White House even gives lip service on this, how we have to expand the capacity, we have to build it up. They're actually doing everything that they can with regards to regulation to minimize it further. So they think, for instance, and this is what um, the Institute for Energy Research had said that they are looking at banning petroleum exports, placing a minimum requirement on diesel stocks. They think that's going to do it. They'll allow American companies to drill in Venezuela, but not here, domestically. <laughs> this is just, you know, because it's for the environment. If it's for the environment, then you wouldn't be allowed. It's about control. That's all it is. It's about control. Listen to this. Audio 7 by 3. John Kirby was defending those sanctions on oil in Venezuela. Listen. 
Sanctions relief for Venezuela. Yeah. Why is it that President Biden would rather let U.S. companies drill for oil in Venezuela than here in the U.S.? That's uh, not an accurate take uh, on the president's view. Earlier this month, he said no more drilling. There is no more drilling. The president has issued 9,000 permits for drilling on U.S. federal lands, Peter, 9,000 of them being unused. There are plenty of opportunities for oil and gas companies to drill here in the United States. I'll let Chevron speak for this particular issue of sanctions relief, but our expectation is it won't be a lot of oil coming out of there. It'll have to be shipped to the United States. Hmm. Wow. There's just, it's, these are the positions that you have and the policies you enforce if you want to fail on purpose, if you want it to fail on purpose. Good heavens. So all of this is, is all of this is combining for a very, very bad uh, December. It's going to be a rough December. I don't know how else to put it. it really is. Now you have this story out of California. The Daily Mail had this exclusive. Thousands of convicted pedophiles in California are being released from prison in less than a year for horrific acts, including rape, sodomy, sexual abuse of kids under age 14. They looked at the database. Thousands of these people. 7,000 pedophiles released the same year they were convicted. The current and former Los Angeles sex crimes prosecutor tells, told Daily Mail that the figures were terrifying and shameful. The deputy DA, John Hatami, blames Proposition 57. It's a bill that allows for early parole for nonviolent felons that L.A. DA George Gascon supported. I mean... I don't know if I would classify pedophilia as being nonviolent, particularly because of the violence that it inspires from those who want to see justice done. But they analyzed this database, and this is what they found. This is one of the most shocking things. I don't, I mean, especially with everything that I've shared with you today, I don't even know how that, this can be more sh- It's just crazy. Uh, this is a systemic breakdown of law and order. The individuals, when you look at their crimes, you're looking at lewd uh, acts with a child under 14 years of age. It was the number of people released, according to this analysis of their database from Daily Mail, it's over 7,000. And they went, oh man, this is just, it's, it's crazy. And pedophiles do not get reformed. So there are going to be more victims as a result of this. They had one individual in the database, Carlos Alexander Nehu. He was convicted of continuous sexual abuse of a child in 2015. And he lives one block from a daycare, three blocks from an elementary school now. There was another individual, Noah Holt, who was convicted uh, in 2013 he had child pornography possession and decent exposure, lewd acts with a minor. I mean, there's that goes on and on and on. And these are bad, 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 bad. Some of these I just don't even want to share online because or on air because they're just hor- horrific. Uh, one individual actually made child pornography. He served less than a year. 
these individual these these monsters you can't they're not you can't reform them that's why i'm like death penalty for child predators i honestly believe in capital punishment for child predators they they, i nope that is a crime to me that they these individuals don't deserve to exist after that's what we need to mainstream is the adoption of that penalty so they said that some of the men uh a lot of the charges also included by force or fear. You're talking about people who served less than a year in prison. There are people who got charged with unlawful parading that got a, and for January 6th that got a harsher punishment than this. This is w- one of the most disgusting th- things I've seen. Look, I'm going to tell you, who's the MMA fighter that got in trouble because he, uh, for a child predator? Uh, and he went to... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to see more things like that if the justice system doesn't work and you create more victims because you because the system and Democrats, because that's a, it is Gascon's a Democrat. That's a Democrat policy. They supported it. This is the restorative justice that I'm talking about when I mentioned the rot in the judicial system. You're going to see more p- parents taking stuff in their hands. This is because this is inexcusable. We have more on the way here as we wrap up the show. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. We're, we're watching on break, although they're not going to start up again until they're not going to rejoin until the halftime period is going to extend this little segment. But it's USA versus Iran, and it turned into this weird foreign policy thing. Because the Iranian government was just, they sent their media to blast our athletes on Team USA. This is for World Cup. And uh, so far, they have a strong showing. Uh, it's, it's 1-0. They're, they're, they're leading. Although, I think they should have technically had a second one. I don't fully understand their rules. But I'm like, that. I, I joined all the chorus on Twitter going, that wasn't offside. But Juan's like, yeah, it actually was. And here's why. Uh, so, this, it's, it's just... It's weird because when I look at the teams, I just kind of like our team looks joyful and they're just stoked to be there and they're happy and they're having fun. And there is like this, you can just, you can see it in the faces of the Iranian players. Their families were threatened. Like don't act up or your families are going to be tortured. Reuters was reporting this. I mean, imagine, you know, the, that's, and for some, that might be the only freedom they get is walking on the pitch to an extent. You know what I mean? And the regime has been, they wanted uh, the United States, they wanted them out, they didn't want them involved in, in the World Cup uh, anymore, they wanted the United States kicked out. They had their, uh, Tehran had their journalists just berating our players with all kinds of policy questions and everything else, and our players handled it like bosses. So it's just, it's just wild when that spills out in the way that it does in international competition like that it's very interesting to watch so it's ongoing right now today in stupidity kane all right it's corinne jean pierre you know she used to call that Nord Stream pipeline nordstrom nordstrom mm-hmm. well she's calling the nobel prize the noble prize oh noble and, uh, she didn't do it just like once or twice oh she did it four times oh. today president biden met with three u.s winners of the 2022 Nobel prize Dr. Caroline Bertozzi, who won the Nobel Prize in Chemistry, Dr. John Clauser, 
who won the Nobel Prize in physics, and Dr. Very Douglas Diamond, who won the Nobel know. Prize oh. Noble. Economics. It's very noble. There you go. Yeah. Folks, that does it for us today. Sign up for Chapter and Verse over at Substack. I'll be back with you behind the mic tomorrow.